like, damn it, be real with the people, but don't lie to them. Freely admit that I am prejudiced against timeshares. So my definition of timeshare is prepaid vacations. And uh, last year, the average uh, timeshare sold for about $20,000. If you're a salesperson, this is something you want to tap into. Biggest thing with objections? For timeshare, all you hear is a bunch of negative things. And they were persuasive and they kept pushing us and pushing us and, and we'd say no and they'd say something else. Um, on this show, we're going to be interviewing different people. We're going to be talking about different topics. If you're a salesperson, this is something you want to tap into weekly. If you're thinking about getting into timeshare, you might want to listen to this and then make a decision after we talk to different people and we share our thoughts. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. We're talking about timeshare sales, vacation ownership, many different names that it goes under, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And not only that, you're hearing it straight from, you know, people with experience. I can tell you when I met Rich, uh, he was a sales rep just like myself. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We were both on the line fighting every single day. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And I've seen his growth to go on and become, you know, to and manager and trainer and work his way work his way up the ladder of the timeshare industry so it's an amazing thing definitely for sure want to give you your flowers while uh, you're here I, appreciate <laughs> you. I can smell them i can smell them for sure for sure but you know there's a lot of people that want to know should they get into the industry and I, I i think that they need to hear that there is um there's positivity because the problem that i i find is when you google or if you look on maybe like a search um, for timeshare, all you hear is a bunch of negative things. Mm -hmm. the majority of it, and it's either someone's bad experience or, you know, I don't know. But it's, I don't think that it's, there's a true light on the positivity of the industry. Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's the reason why we decided to put this together. Because you're talking about people who, like anyone else, walked into an industry that we heard about. I mean, we, we live in a vacation, one of the number one vacation destinations, right? Yep. And, um, there's a lot of different resorts where we are and there's a lot of people that have a lot of great experiences because they purchase vacation ownership. And that's what, that's one thing that you don't, you don't always find people explaining or expressing how great they feel. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, you see the bad. I'll give you, I'll give you my own example. Mm -hmm. um, I've been eating at Fleming's for years. Fleming's, uh, the steakhouse. Absolutely. A, if y'all don't know Orlando, Florida, Dr. Phillips, there's a place called Restaurant Road. They have a fine dining. One of the places is called Fleming's, the steakhouse. Probably one of the first steakhouses I've eaten at when I decided to experience fine dining. So, been going there since 2012. Always have a good experience. It's lick the plate type experience, right? Mm. This year, I decided to take my uh, parents there. And in this experience, I they didn't come check my steak to make sure it was you know, cooked at the right temperature. Um, it's a few different things they didn't do. My table wasn't ready. I had a reservation, but it's a few different things. So this time I decided to write a review and I wrote a negative review. Mm. And, and, I, and I paused as I was writing this review because I'm like, damn, this is what happens in the timeshare world. People have one bad experience and put that out there, mm -hmm. but never discuss the great times. Here's a restaurant that I've been eating at since 2012. You know what I'm saying? So you're talking about 10 years later, I had one bad experience, and that's when I decided to take it to the reviews. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I think that with this show, you'll get to hear from representatives, owners, you know, different type of people because it's not all about 
negative experiences. For sure. Would you say that there's more negative uh, reviews out there than positive? I, w- I would say. Okay. I don't think people take the time out to express the good time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, some some surveys are just too long, bro. Like, I took a, a cruise the other day. Mm-hmm. Carnival. And I went. I want to do a survey because I always have a good time on Carnival. But yo, the survey was long. I didn't have enough time to like sit there and so I just it out. Yeah. canceled it in the middle of the of the thing. Like, forget this. Yeah. So they'll never know. I had a great time. I love it. They're on point. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if that's the case, but yeah, I think that there's more negative or people just take a negative and just run with it. You know what I'm saying? Like I know one resort that has over six hundred thousand owners, mm-hmm. and someone will say, "Oh, I I seen reviews." that were negative about some experience, but that's not even 1% of the amount of owners that they have. Yeah. But that'll make or break a person's decision. You know what I'm saying? It's like someone saying, hey, don't go see that movie, it's trash. Yeah. And then when you go see the movie, you're like, yo, it was all right. It was all right. You know what I'm saying? So, Or it just taints your, you know, uh, thought that the movie is trash before you even see it. You know, so you're already going to the movie expecting it to be trash. Exactly. But it happens to people who go on a presentation. People are told like, oh, don't buy. They're going to do this, this, that, and the third. So they already come with that that sales resistance up. Now, not for nothing. Mm. I'll be listening to some of these people on maybe on on, on, on the internet mm-hmm. and like talking about how they got sucked in up with pressure. I don't believe anyone gets pressured. No one gets pressured into a sale. No one can make you do something you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. No one can make you pull out your credit card and buy. You can be convinced. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And but no one no one pulls a gun to anybody and says, buy vacations for your family. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So when they get on there, they start talking about how this, that, and the third. I just don't agree. I think that's just nonsense. Do you feel that when a purchase is taking place that the the buyer, the family the customer do you feel that they are in an emotional state of mind at that time do you uh where do you think their head is at as they're becoming a brand new owner and joining the family i believe that sales is definitely 90 percent emotions and 10 percent logic and i believe that in that moment when they buy they have already dis- decided how they want to use that ownership mm-hmm. what they're going to do with their family um, a lot of times people are emotionally involved because of the price that they're, the price that they're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's a, maybe if they already own, they're getting something uh, better that's going to enhance what they had. Sometimes they bought the wrong product and now upgrading or buying something else is going to fix, you know, what was, what was lacking mm-hmm. in the initial purchase. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a lot of emotions. Uh, when it comes to purchasing and usually when they get home the logic may kick in right (laughs) but also speaking of buying the wrong product you know going back to the bad reviews we all know so you know if you ever worked at a job before we all know someone that doesn't work as hard as maybe you or doesn't work as hard as maybe the next person or we all know someone that's that slacker that likes to cut corners that doesn't follow the rules at the job right? right So sometimes families are going on timeshare presentations and it just so happens that on their presentation, 
They happen to get the slacker. They happen to get the guy that cuts corners. They happen to get the guy that shows up late to work, doesn't really care about his job, and he's just there, you know, to tell you anything, to sell you anything, and that puts a bad, you know, light on the industry also because now we're all judged as 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 that person, you know, the bad guys. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. The industry does bring out some weird individuals. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've met a lot of stand-up people. You know what I'm saying? But there are, for lack of better words, sleaze buckets. You know what I'm saying? That gotcha. come into the business. And they maybe a family came across that person. Now, you know, they gave salesmen this. I don't know why used car salesman became a sleazy thing. Because no disrespect to anyone who sells used cars. If you sell used cars, you sell used cars. You're selling cars. Mm-hmm. You're a salesman. You know what I'm saying? But whatever persona or what's the word I'm looking for perception that used car salesman had is like dishonest. I think that some of those people have come into the sales arena for timeshare sales and may have met families and maybe they didn't get a good um, experience. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there are, I would be, I would not be honest if I was telling you that there are not some people who are just, I don't know, just grimy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They'll say whatever to get a sale because they're, you, you're always going to have that slacker that's going to, to cut corners or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that is that does not define the industry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've, I have many times decided, you know, something was not for someone and just told them don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's that. Mm-hmm. Like, people need to understand that people are not always desperate for a sale. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's sometimes when you see a family wanting so bad and they struggling, they counting pennies, they will go to the ATM to find more money, whatever. And sometimes, you know, ethically we tell them, you know, why don't you wait? Mm-hmm. I've been in that situation. You know what I'm saying? So I want to say that there's not, it's not always grimy salesmen in that arena. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But you take it to take it to YouTube and, you know, you'll see this family saying something left field. Yeah. I I think the worst thing I share with families, the worst thing that could happen with buying a timeshare is that the company is is forcing you to go on vacation. It's forcing you to travel. It's forcing you to get out of the house. And keep in mind, this doesn't have to be hopping on a plane, buying plane tickets for everybody, you know, uh, flying three or four or five states across to call that a vacation. It Mm -hmm. could be something as simple as. You know, packing up some little luggage, uh, uh, hopping in a car, driving 45 minutes to an hour, maybe two hours from home and, you know, having a little mini getaway or something of that nature. So so when people think of timeshares, they think of Hawaii, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Oh, Hawaii and 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 uh, Orlando, Florida and and, uh, Branson, Missouri and Gatlinburg, Tennessee. But really, I mean, what are the 50, 51 states? I mean, there's so much more to see than just, you know, the the, the main attractions. I think when people think of time, well, the Gatlinburgs, the the, the uh, Virginia, Orlando, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. are like where most people get a phone call to get those little three-day getaways. Travel packs, yeah. yeah. Travel packs. So those are just hot, you know, hot tra- tra- travel locations. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Here's, here's another thing, so you guys know. Like, 
Me, I grew up traveling. I grew up with timeshare owners as, as parents. So my perception is a little different. I grew up, my parents owned the Shawnee, which is in the Poconos, which is now owned by Wyndham. And because of that timeshare, I was able to travel and leave. I'm originally from New York City. So I was able to leave New York and vacation. Leave New York. I've been I've been many places, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But we started traveling to Florida using that timeshare. Mm -hmm. Actually, matter of fact, we exchanged into Orange Lake. Okay. Because back uh, RCI, that was an exchange company for that we used. So, you know, I traveled as a child while my friends weren't able to travel as I did. Mm -hmm. And I was able to see the world. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, um, that's one of the benefits of owning timeshare. If you guys don't own, you know, um, that's the benefit to children because that's what kind of effect it had on me to see that the world was bigger than just from the place that I live. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So um, I, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about vacation and traveling. You know, when I travel, I I travel with a family. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I travel deep. And you don't get those type of accommodations uh, in a hotel. No. You know what I'm saying? So, well, let me ask you this. What is your definition of timeshare? My definition of timeshare would have to be the, so it's funny that you ask that because a great way to put it is that even if you don't own timeshare now, you're already doing some type of form of timeshare, mm -hmm. believe it or not. Okay. We've all heard the story from, uh, oh, do you, do you buy the whole plane or do you just rent the seat for the time that you need it? Uh, when it's time for you to fly, do you buy the whole hotel or do you just rent it for the room for the time that you need it? Cause when you leave another family's going to go in, you know? Um, so you're really just sharing time with others, uh, to make the cost affordable for yourself individually when it's time for you to rent that car or rent that hotel or, you know, uh, get that plane seat. So we're already doing a, a, a form of timeshare. So me, the definition of timeshare is, is, is exactly what, what, what it is, you know, just sharing the time with others to make whatever it is that we're, uh, uh, purchasing more affordable for us. That's all. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. What about yourself? I just see this prepaid prepaid vacations. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's a set cost for the vacation. So whatever you're purchasing, if you know if that's gonna cover the amount of times you want to travel, you pay for it one time, and then you enjoy those trips. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Depending on where you own, um, some places are deeded, some places are not. I mean, there's different types of timeshare, right? So let's talk about that. You have vacation clubs, which you can use usually they what in like the Caribbean, mm -hmm. Mexico, Caribbean. Mm -hmm. um, it could be a lease or a deed. You get to have, have it for a certain amount of years, but after those years expire or you know the, the lease is up, you give it back. They do what they gotta do with it. Then there's the point program, right? Different hotels, not hotels, but different companies have points, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, more flexibility. You can use it for way more different things. Yeah, yeah. Flights, cruises, all that. Rental cars, the whole nine. Right. So based upon how you travel, you may buy this, a certain amount of points to be able to cover what your goals are. Mm -hmm. You know? And then you have people that sell weeks. You know? So if you want to lock in a certain amount of weeks to travel, that's what you purchase. Mm -hmm. So I just see it as prepaid vacations. You know what I mean? If you want to you know what the best part about timeshare was? Is if y'all don't know, I'm going to drop a jewel on you. Back in the day, um, when the industry started and there was only 
weeks. Because for me, the, the concept is like this. You take a vacation home and you divide it into 52 weeks, right? Everyone could own a week. So everyone had a, a week that they can stay in this place, mm-hmm. right? And back then, the cool thing about it was that you was given a specific week. So what does that mean? Like you said, they they were guaranteed to take a vacation with their family because that was their week. It helped families say, well, you know, our week's coming up. It's week 17. You know what that means? We got to go down to Florida or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. You know what I'm saying? You block out your schedule and you guaranteed some time with your family. I mean, how bad is that? It's not it, bad at all. It was locked in, you know? Now the industry of change has made it more flexible. So you don't have to stay to one specific weeks. And that's where the points come in or the floating weeks come in because times have changed. People don't want to just travel on the same time each year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. You know what I'm saying? But I want to know what are people experiencing on like why, what would be an objection? You know what I'm saying? Like why, what doesn't these people understand? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get different, you know, agents on mm-hmm. reps on there and ask them like, mm-hmm. what are these objections that you're getting? Mm-hmm. From the from the from the buyers from the clients from the from the tours from the tours yeah we call them tours got you if y'all don't if y'all don't know anything about the timeshare industry a family um, usually goes on a presentation or a tour some people call it tours some people call it presentations some people call it preview but um, the way the industry some works, people call it an owner's update yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you if you already own, it's got owners update. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, uh, for those of you that are watching that are not in the industry or considering it in the industry, um, this thing started from people wanting to get a discount on on uh, theme parks. You know, so we can give you a discount on theme parks if you go listen to a, a, a presentation. And people say, hell, hell yeah, why not? Why want to spend all that money at the at the park? I go listen to you for 90 minutes and get up out of there, then I'll go do that. Mm-hmm. But what happens is this thing started from people who are staying in, in hotels or motels or, you know, not the accommodations that the resort have. So when you go on this presentation and you see what you could be staying in that has more space, more convenience, more luxury for almost the same thing that you're going to spend anyway if you continue the vacation the way you want a vacation, mm-hmm. it makes them say, damn. I should do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, the elephant in the room is that people complain about what they call maintenance fees. And maintenance is an annual thing that you have to pay for, for being an owner. Mm-hmm. What people don't realize is that if you own at a resort that has things for you to do that save you money and the place looks good and is in good condition and your room is like upkept well, mm-hmm then there's nothing to complain about for maintenance. Mm-hmm. Anyone that lives in a gated community or something like that may know of what they call an HOA, mm-hmm. Homeowners Association. And you pay that willingly. You pay that because you got security. You pay that because they may, you know, keep people from parking on the street. You you pay that because it keeps the community up, right? So that the value stay up. It's the same thing with, 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 with the maintenance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you bought this thing so you can vacation in a nice place with your family. Right, you want the grass to be cut. You want the leaves to look nice. You want pretty flowers. You want a nice room. You want it to smell good. You want the up-to-date furniture. You want flat-screen TVs. Mm-hmm. You want cable. You, you want Wi-Fi. You want the lazy river to be you lazy. Want the lazy river. <laughs> you want pools. You want the pool service. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
this is the cause of making sure it looks nice. Yeah. But no one ever, matter of fact, every owner gets the, the HOA, the bill on what it costs to maintain the property. No mm-hmm. one talks about that. Mm-hmm. Now, some people want to count pockets and be like, well, wait a minute. If the owner owns the whole thing and he's getting 52 weeks for one unit, he's paying this at that. But no one really looks at the main big bill. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. So I don't know. I'm all for it. All for Timeshare. <laughs> Timeshare ownership. Yeah, man. If, if Listen, if y'all, it's not an easy, it's not an easy, um, I want to say gig or whatever. It's not an easy uh, thing to do mm-hmm. for those people that don't have thick skin. This is the only business where you probably get told no the majority of the times. Yeah. But the yeses will make you successful. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? So, like, if you see 10 families and three of them become owners with you, you'll still be successful. Yeah. You know? But it's not for everyone. And that's what I want to, we, we want to talk to. Because some people make it, some people don't. Mm. Some people last a week. Some people don't even make it past training. Mm-hmm. Trainings can be intense, and we're gonna we're gonna have them on here. You know, we're gonna have all faces, all walks of life. Some people that didn't make it. Some people that are successful. Some people that are brand new, doing good. Like we're gonna have them on here. They're gonna give their 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 piece, their point of view, their experience of what you know timeshare means to 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 them, and and where it's taken them, and where it hasn't taken them. So. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. I'm 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 excited to see, you know, what's about to come. We got some great things coming your way that we're cooking up. So I'm excited to be a part of it for sure. Absolutely. And if you you want to hear a certain topic, you know, hit us in the comments and uh, let us know, and we'll we'll, we'll address it. You know, because this is not just for uh, experience or unexperienced. It's, it's it's for everybody. You know, what I'm saying you maybe want to get in or you maybe want to get out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think the one thing that I think is I think that some people stay caught up in this business so long that they don't have an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you may want to do something different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if you guys didn't know, you don't have to, but you should have a real estate license if you're going to sell timeshare because majority of the timeshare companies, um, so um, real estate and in order for you to get compensated a commission you have to have a real estate license right if you want to actually make money or you know no so you're saying there's people uh sales reps at the resort now with no real estate license that's selling timeshare that's not making money that's what you're saying or not making a commission yeah they're not making a commission they're making money but Mm -hmm. not making a commission they're not making a lot of money okay they're they're making a salary Okay. And that salary is probably not that great. So so just give me an example if we're talking about a fifty thousand dollar timeshare here today, a fifty thousand dollar deal is on the table, you have a real estate license, I don't have a real estate license. What what how much more money are you making than me because you have a license and I don't and we sell the same package? I'm probably gonna make four thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars more than you. Off of the same deal. Yeah. Wow. You're gonna get paid one fifty. A hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get ten percent. For sure, for sure, for so, sure. So, you know gotta get that license. I encourage you to if you're gonna get involved, go to a real estate school. You know what I'm saying? And uh study and get that license because that's the make or break. Because the same effort that you're gonna put on either sale could either pay you 
small paper or a large paper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. And if you didn't know that, you know, timeshare salespeople get paid a commission, well, now you know. They get paid on commission. Well, some of them on salary if they don't have the license, though. But I would recommend anybody getting the game, uh, get your license. Now, some states don't require one or have a different one. I think Vegas has a timeshare license, I believe it's called. Okay. I'm not 100% sure, but I heard that. But um, I actually recommend anyone that just got their license, you know, I recommend anyone that just got their license to immediately go into timeshare, you know, before even going the residential route, because I feel that timeshare is kind of like right now money, if you will, you know, you can change your life in one month working in, 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 in the timeshare industry compared to the residential. Obviously, you're going to have to build that pipeline, get out there, get your name out there, get referrals, things of that nature. But the timeshare, I mean, one month, hell, one day can change your life. <laughs> I, know a dude, I know a dude that wrote, uh, I don't know. No, it's a girl. It's a girl. Young kid, 19 years old, about something, wrote like $130,000 one day. So that's 13 grand. Um, she actually made more, but I'll round it. 13 grand, you know what I'm saying? In one sale. So, yeah, I think I agree. I think anyone that got their real estate license should try timeshare first. Again, it's not for everyone. You got to, you can't be an introvert. I mean, you can be, but most of the time you're going to fumble the ball if you're not outspoken mm-hmm. but i think that anyone should try it because it teaches you a lot it teaches you to meet you meet people from different walks of life um you definitely learn how to overcome objections or to deal with objections um you have to learn you, you learn a lot of stuff you I mean, learn a lot you learn how to give people what they want you learn how to be a professional listener you know, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, that's for one. For starters, your listen game has to be on point. You know what I'm saying? If you definitely want to sell timeshare, uh, you you your 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 ears have to be open. Yeah. You know, you got to listen to what they're telling you because, as the saying goes, if you ask the right questions, they're gonna tell you how to sell so, them <laughs> every single time. Correct. And you know, you know what? A lot of salespeople. They may have heard that, but they don't really get it. So let's put that into into um, some perspective for you. If you ask the right questions, if you ask ask questions with intention, right, you'll know where to go with that information that you get, right? In the industry, they call it a discovery, right? So in a conversational way, you may ask a person about their family, what they do, their occupation, um, what they like to do for fun. And in these, you go lower, right? You go into, into levels, right? You go deeper and deeper on each one. And if you do it right, the family would think it's just a conversation. If you give feedback and you engage in a convo. But if you can take that information and then use it for the reason why they should purchase, now you did your job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they call it active listening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are just, you know, a lot of people lie. You know, they say buyers are liars. And if you're a buyer watching this, I'm not. I hate to tell you, but that's what the industry says. Buyers are liars because mm-hmm. sometimes you, these buyers will put themselves in a jam where they'll say something that's contrary to what they, they really mean. You know what I'm saying? Or they will give up. Like for instance, some people will be like, I never been on a presentation before. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. And then later on being like, yeah, the last guy 
you know, and, and say something that reveals yeah. like you've been here before. That's true. You they see what I'm that. saying? So you got to be active listening. So when sales 